you know, we were worked on the wow. um, show, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And there was one scene where the actor is going back and forth between two characters. And it's this really amazing scene. It's super funny. And we strapped a GoPro to his head and we had him do the entire scene and people loved it. Wow. Hello and welcome to Character Count by At Twitter Business. We show you the creative ways that stand out brands, businesses, and people use Twitter to connect and engage with audiences that matter most to them. And I'm your host, at Joe Wildlington. And today I'm talking to Kyle Fox. I work at Spotco. He's the Associate Director of Media for at Spotco NYC. We are a full service ad agency. We've been around for about 21 years. We've talked to social media experts who are all work in-house devoting their time to one company. But that's not the only way of doing things. Many companies hire an agency to run their Twitter. So I'm so excited to finally have an agency on Character Count. And that's especially interesting about Spotco's work is they specialize in marketing Broadway shows. Um, our first client was Rent, which is like the, one of the most iconic musicals of all time. So, you know, we really started with a bang and we've worked on, you know, some of the most influential Broadway shows of the last 20th century. So Kyle is going to tell us about working with many different clients. Hamilton, In the Heights, Kinky Boots, Book of Mormon. How to market shows that aren't even running yet and how to create behind-the-scenes content when you actually have scenes to be behind. Later in the program, we will take a deep dive in using Twitter ads with Sam Hawks from our customer success team, and I will be asking you for your hot takes. Stay tuned. But for now, Kyle. Kyle Fox, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk today. Our pleasure. So Spotco is an agency with all performing arts clients, but all the folks who are interacting with your show's content don't know that Spotco is creating it, right? No. I mean, there's probably a very small pool of people that even know what Spotco is, um, given the amount of shows that we've branded and put out there into the world. But each individual show has its own account, has its own handle, has- That Spotco's creating and managing. Yeah, that Spotco, that our team in-house is creating and managing. Um, So each show has its own voice, has the, you know- hashtags that we've created or that we're putting out there into the world. Our team internally at Spotco is handling all of that for multiple shows too. So when you get a new show, how do you onboard that new client? So initially what we do is we, um, I mean, we create an incredible strategy document that outlines identifying who our audiences are. You know, there are you know, a number of people in the New York area that see nine plus musicals every year. Um, And so obviously like reaching those people is really important. But also we understand that in order for a show to have a life, there need to be multiple audiences that we reach Mm -hmm. out to. So we outline those people, we identify the overall reach. And that's um, through targeting? That's through targeting, right. So we create these timelines for a show, whether it's coming in the next three years or coming in three months, and we say, okay, great, here's your launch period, here's what we're going to do in performances, and here's what we're going to do a year from now. Um, And then we layer in our creative choices, our media choices, our social and promotional choices, um, and really lay that out for the client. And then we just get to work, you know? What about a brand new show? 
you know, before performances start, it is a lot about education and it's a lot about us picking out, you know, um, our really amazing creative team, picking out what elements of the story or the music or just anything about who is participating in the show, um, picking out what um, is the most, what's the most compelling um, and really focusing in on that. Um, Thinking about... um, Hmm. A show called um, a show something rotten. Something rotten was this like hilarious musical um, that was on Broadway a few years ago, and it didn't. It had no. It wasn't tied to any sort of intellectual property. It had a brand new score, but we all knew it was going to be like the funniest show. We were able to take that humor, knowing what it was going to be for the show, um, and really developing content that like gave people a little taste of what that is. Um, video assets. Um, you know, this was three years ago, so I can't even remember like the capabilities through social <laughs> media platforms. Yeah, we didn't have video ads yet. Yeah, I don't think so. so um, we were really able to craft the tone of that show and get people excited about it. I mean, you know, people are inherently kind of excited about new properties on Broadway. Um, you know, there's this whole bevy of you know, I don't want to say micro-influencers, but people out there who are obsessed with Broadway and they want to know what the next yeah. biggest show is. And so really getting them excited and getting them on board early. Um, and a lot of that comes with establishing the tone of a show and being very clear about what um, delivering on the emotional promise of the show. We do see that really commonly with Twitter across industries, that mm-hmm. people on Twitter just love new stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're on Twitter, it's because you're curious and you're interested in the world around you. And so launches and things like that seem to people to just have a really big appetite for that type of thing. Yeah. It's, I think where people get a lot of their news and a lot of, I don't know, there's like also an irreverence to Twitter too, that Mm -hmm. has, it feels like there's a more casual conversation going on that there aren't on other platforms. Um, And so that does allow us to one, interact with people in a much more engaging way. And two, um, be a little bit freer about the content that we're putting out there. So when you're promoting a show that people have never seen before and you're trying to convince them to buy a ticket to this thing they don't know about, you know, how do you get them to buy tickets? Um, you know, we our team gets in the door as soon as possible, whether that's like rehearsals starting, workshops, readings, um, and is creating content immediately, partnering with the creative team of the show, with actors, um, you know, our team, our social team does an entire little um, one-on-one with all of the actors about how to post about this show on social media. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, really helpful. Um, and also, you know, we're, we establish the tone of a show. We establish the voice of a show. And they're working with our amazing copy team to just write like one-liners, put together a few mm. jokes, or, you know, if it's something a little bit more serious, um, developing uh, a sense of mystery, or uh, they work really closely because all of that is so important to establish these brands early on. So the copy team takes either pieces of the script or just the theme, the feeling of the show starts turning that into lines. Exactly. Yeah, they're combing through the script. They're combing through whatever assets, whether they have videos from previous productions um, or anything from um, workshops or readings. They're combing through that for lines, for um, any sort of scenes that we could potentially turn into bigger content. They're identifying the things that are most engaging about the show Mm -hmm. and creating videos, creating tweets, creating posts. 
And you give a 101 to the actors involved with the show, to other folks with the show as well. So that turns them into kind of micro-influencers that are on the inside of the theater experience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, many of these actors have, you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people following them on Twitter. So um, to be very clear about what the voice is, what, um, you know, making sure that they have the right assets to to post. Um, our team is very, you know, we're very precious about our brand and we want to make sure that what's going out there in the world has the right look and feel and is all tied to um, the campaign that we're putting out there. So we want to make sure that the people who are going to post about it, um, they actually have what they need in order to really get the word out there about the show. Yeah, they have thousands of followers or they want hundreds of thousands of followers or they win a Tony and they might get a thousand Uh thousands of followers so we've seen that too if people are just so hungry to know how to tweet better or how to get better at it and so when you can train your employees Mm -hmm. or your event staff on like here's like a few tips on how to cover this thing then just creates all these other advocates out there that can help amplify different elements of the story yeah and I think people get excited too when they know what to post or um, they know how to post, you know, Twitter can be scary. You're putting stuff out there that could potentially be not funny or wrong or so to be able to give people the confidence in order to say like, hey, this is something we've created for you. It's good to go. Like put it out there in the world. Why do you go to Twitter for those conversations? Twitter is the place where conversations are happening. It's where people are talking about our shows and they're not just talking to us about shows, they're talking to each other. Mm. And so it's important, you know, as a best practice, it's important for us to be able to give them the content that allows them to talk to each other, but also sort of pokes at them and it presents ideas that allows them to, you know, engage with their friends, engage with complete strangers about our shows, about things that they're really passionate about. You know, we reach a number of people that will never see our show, will never see a Broadway show, but they're so passionate about it still that it's important to engage with them and it's important to give them the tools they need to engage with other people. How do you engage with that? Um, It's a matter of, you know, Obviously, responding, doing community engagement, our team does a fantastic job of responding to people who are tweeting back to the show, whether it's right after they've seen the show or, um, you know, if they're posting a picture of their playbill on their Twitter mm-hmm. account. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, people love Broadway so much that we, uh, people create a lot of fan art. And so um, our team loves to share that. Our, oh, our wow. show, Yeah, yeah. You know, people are so passionate about our shows. It's so, I mean, it's really exciting to see, right? You know, um, so. So we use that and we want to share it with everybody else who has a lot of love for the show too. And I would imagine because shows are coming and going and there will be a time where the doors close in an hour, you know, and you still have tickets to sell and that type of agility and speed because Twitter moves so quickly would Mm -hmm. be really helpful. It is. um, We do a little less... um, I would say like just sort of last minute ticket sales through Twitter. But one thing we do do with Twitter from um, from a paid media standpoint is, you know, when there are cultural conversations around theater, um, 
you know, around when Rent Live was coming out, which was such a huge moment for people who are fans of the Broadway show. Um, we wanted our shows to be in conversation with that piece. So we were able to create content that both mm -hmm. related to it and mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. make sure that using the Twitter ads platform, be able to amplify those tweets to people who were tweeting about Rent Live or people who were tweeting about any of the um, Vanessa Hudgens mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. uh, Jordan Fisher. So um, obviously the Tony Awards are coming up. The Tony Awards are, you know, the biggest night for Broadway because it brings Broadway to a national conversation. And so being a part of that on Twitter where so much of the conversation is happening, um, you know, people are watching the show in, uh, you know, in real time. And they're able, to, they're tweeting about it, they're sharing things with their friends, and we have to be in there in order to get our show in front of people. So it's inspiring to hear the creative ways you can use Twitter ads to find the perfect audience on Twitter. But how do those ads actually work? Don't worry, I thought of it. Luckily, I have a internal customer success specialist who knows much more about Twitter ad specifics than I do. Sam Hawks, I'm a account manager with the customer success team with Twitter. And he is going to explain everything we need to know. Sam, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Joe. What is a promoted tweet? So a promoted tweet is a tweet that is included within a campaign for promotion on Twitter ads. Why would you do that? Um, to expand your reach, to harness the receptive and relevant audience that Twitter has to offer. To people who don't follow you yet, right? To people who don't follow you. Well, it can also be, you can include your followers in a campaign as well. What's a bad tweet? A bad tweet is one that is too long. A bad tweet is one that's not engaging, doesn't have great creative. Uh, a bad tweet is one that doesn't have any direction. What's a dark tweet? So a dark tweet is one that is only promoted uh, within a campaign. So after a campaign finishes, it is no longer present on your organic Twitter uh, timeline profile. What is a video website card? So a video website card is a clickable ad unit that harnesses a video creative to help drive users to land on a website to take some type of action, um, deeper, lower funnel conversion type signups, purchases, etc. What makes a good video? What makes a good video is making sure that you're clear and you have brand upfront at second zero. Best to include um, humans or human interaction right in the get-go to encourage emotional connectivity. And then making sure that your product is in the front, clear and present throughout um, the, the length of the video. And making sure you're driving home that brand message within that six-second hashtag sweet spot and making sure that you're really um, driving that message within six to 15 seconds. What's your favorite music video? Oh, Justin Timberlake, Mirrors. Mirrors? I love that song. Not Cry Me a River? No. Whereas the actress that's supposed to look like Britney Spears? <laughs> that was a good one. That's iconic. I think every everyone from my childhood would remember that. What's your favorite emotion? Being jovial. <laughs> what campaign should someone use if they want to go viral? That would be an awareness campaign because it's going to aim to drive the largest amount of reach and get your tweet in front of as many users' eyes as possible. Can you verify me? If it's in the cards. <laughs> What's your best tweet copy tip? 40 to 60 characters. What is your favorite Twitter tip? 
My favorite Twitter tip is to test more when you're running campaigns. Uh, a lot of times you want to run one promoted tweet. That's essentially just betting everything on that one. Tw test out different versions. You'll really allow for Twitter ads to optimize your performance. And so you can see much better performance and success. What is your favorite life tip? My favorite life tip is smile and high five a stranger every single day. You do that? You have to smile. Well, smile at everyone that you see walking past on the sidewalk, <laughs> but give a high five to a stranger every day. That's a high bar. All right. Experiment with your ads and smile at a stranger. Thank you, Sam Hawks, for joining us. This was extremely valuable. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. I had a great time. And now, back to Kyle. And for businesses that have their industry affected by some type of event or award or conference, but it's not quite the Tonys, mm -hmm. uh, what tips would you give for other brands to engage with something so large in their industry? I would say just really be ready for the moment. You know, when we look at the Tony Awards, when a show wins Best Musical, it is just all hands on deck. You know, the fire has started and it's really just about, <laughs> it really is. It's just about like riding that wave, you know? I don't think there's ever been a show that that one best musical that didn't see a huge influx of sales the next day. Mm -hmm. So you really have to be ready for that. And because a show winning best musical or best play really becomes a part of the cultural conversation, you have to know the outlets to make sure you're getting the word out there. Um, you can't really sit on your hands and rest on the fact that, oh, we've won best musical, so we're good. Uh, you really have to push that message out there. So what is the type of content that is always guaranteed to get that excitement and that engagement? Before a show starts, people are always so ex excited to know what the show is going to be. So, you know, when we can tease any sort of rehearsal footage or song lyrics or production elements to our fans, to people who are fans of Broadway, you know, the engagement there is so strong. Um, I think also when we're able to really play in the Twitter space, when we're able to, you know, hook onto a meme or when uh, we're yeah. able to, you know, really play in that space, people get excited about that and people want to share that content. Yeah, they're so thirsty for memes. Oh, we all love a meme. And so when you're launching a show, what are the pieces of content that you know you need to get the excitement going? Well, combing through scripts, combing through rehearsal footage, combing through any assets that we have, it is a matter of creating short-form videos. It's a matter of creating GIFs. It's a matter of creating lines of text that or jokes that are particularly compelling, um, whether that's coming from the script or something that our copy team has put together. That allows us to give people a taste of what the show is going to be, which is ultimately on Twitter what people are looking for. And then what about like behind the scenes? You know what I mean? Like, because for me, I follow some theaters in San Francisco mm -hmm. and, when, um, and when with Hamilton, the actress will show her like act one, act two, who does Peggy and mm -hmm. who does uh, uh, Mariah Reynolds. Mm -hmm. And so she shows her costume change and that's her thing that it's like, you know. Oh, I, there is. I mean, like, so is, is there a behind the scenes more? People do want to know, especially once we're in performances. People really do want to know about how the what the backstage workings are. We've done a number of pieces of content, content where we literally strap a GoPro to an actor's head, 
<laughs> and we make them do their quick changes or we make them do, uh, you know, we were worked on the wow. um, show, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And there was one scene where the actor is going back and forth between two characters. And it's this really amazing scene. It's super funny. And we strapped a GoPro to his head and we had him do the entire scene and people loved it. Wow. Is there a piece of behind the scenes content that people love more than others? When we're starting a new show, people inherently want to know what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. And with a new musical or mm. even really with um, some of our standard classics, some of the big revivals that happen, people want to know what it sounds like. So in any way that we can um, give people a little taste of that, whether it's even a long form music video from rehearsal footage or even just a little taste of people in a recording session for the cast album. People are really excited to see that and get really, you know, that tends to get a lot of engagement. Um, one thing I will say too is that we work on a lot of musicals that have pre-existing brands, whether that's a movie or a book, and and fans really want to see what the characters that they have loved for so many years are going to look like in a stage setting. And because it's Broadway, they're inherently beautiful production values mm -hmm. that people are always looking for when they see a Broadway show. So to be able to tease that early on is really important. We gain access to set design models or set renderings or costume renderings that people really, they want to see before the show starts to just give them a little taste. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses get worried to show their scraps or to show their process because, of course, they end up at a more refined place and at something more polished. But people on Twitter love seeing the brainstorming process. I mean, think of all the DVDs that you had with the extended director's cut and that, you know, you find. Uh, and on Twitter, you can give that to your followers. For sure. And, and especially with Broadway where, you know, because the whole it's really the whole process is about creation. It's all about get people getting in a room and putting something together. Our fans really want to see what has generated some of their favorite songs or some of their favorite scenes mm -hmm. or some of their favorite performances. And with the cast and the crew, you have an entire selection of these micro-influencers. So you have uh, like dressing room content as well. Is there anything like that with the actors that people get really excited to see? Oh, for sure. People really want to see the relationships between actors when you know, they, when they're learning about a show, when they're about to go see a show. And because you're right, we have those micro influencers. We have those people that have followings. Um, they want to see like who their best friend is backstage. Mm. They want to see the pranks that they're playing on each other. They want to see what their dressing room looks like and the things that they're doing pre-show in order to really prep for coming on stage eight times a week. Um, is that sort of thing is really, really exciting. And that is something that we really give, you know, our actors, most actors in our shows are really, really good about creating and putting out there in the world. And then it's our team's job to, to amplify that, to really get it out there to our show's fans and fans across the board. And what is your team's strategy for capturing that behind the scenes content? Because those moments are going to happen whether you're there or not. The key is to be able to 
snag them. Yeah, I, I think that part of it is that we already know those moments are going to happen. So we can orchestrate a video shoot to make sure that we're capturing them. Our actors are creating that content themselves and in the moment and when it feels fresh and funny and organic, you know, having them take videos when it feels right and when it feels organic, empowering them to do that. And as part of our social media 101 that we do with our actors prior to performances starting, we really, you know, enable them to say, hey, take a video that you feel like is fun and cool and we will definitely, you know, take a look and share it with our fans too. Um, Really empowering. I love that you train them. Yes. Well, you know, most people know how to act on Twitter, hopefully. We just want to be able to get the most out of the assets that they have. We want to be able to just give them the tools to say the right thing at the right time. Um, It just makes people a lot more comfortable. And also it allows for a more organic process, even though there's more preparation in the beginning. Kyle is an expert marketer. But we know a lot of our listeners are too, so I want to hear from you as well. This episode's topic that we want your hot takes on is about jargon. What words drive you absolutely crazy in an ad? What is your team no longer allowed to use? What piece of jargon makes you immediately scroll past? This topic is already live at Twitter Business. Go, tweet at us, give us your hot takes, and we will engage right back. What do you see from the fans on Twitter? You know, when people come to see a Broadway show, it's usually, it's just a two and a half hour experience. We use Twitter in order to create months, years, a lifetime of sharing and engaging. Um, You know, I think of a show like Kinky Boots where we really leaned into that voice of being who you are, just, you know, um, when you change your mind, you change the world. And really putting that message out there, it's a message that people inherently want to believe in. And when a Broadway show is saying it, I think it gives them Mm. the agency to actually share it. So really leaning into our voice and making sure that the experience that people felt in the theater is goes on for years and years to come. What types of user-generated content do you see? It really runs the gamut. I mean, For musicals, it's inherently the music. We are so lucky that our fans... People create the music? People, well, people create music videos of themselves singing the songs. I know, it always warms my heart because Mm -hmm. to have fans that are so generous, to have a base of people who come see our shows and love them so much or don't even come see our shows, listen to the cast album or see, you know, a performance on the Today Show. They, they're so generous in what they create for us. And How do you find those videos? Usually they're posting them to us. They're tagging us. They want wow. us to see them create uh-huh. this work for us. And we are sometimes so lucky that they will allow us to take that content and repurpose it. And, and they're creating, tagging the musicals handle, they're not ta- Spock Coast, They're tagging, so. yeah, they're okay. tagging the musicals. Each musical has its own handle, its own profile, its own tone of voice. And our fans are tagging them. Um, they're using hashtags. Our team internally is finding those people who are creating that content. And if we're so lucky that 
they allow us to take that content and repurpose it so that we can make long form music videos or use their fan art in a way that, you oh, know, wow. yeah, it's so fun. I'm so grateful to work in an industry where people who come to see our shows are so giving and they are so passionate, just as passionate as the people at Spaco are about creating the advertising, creating the, the world for these shows. Tell me about the Ring of Keys video. So um, we were working on Fun Home, which is a really gorgeous musical, which was a Best Musical winner about Alison Bechtel, her relationship with her family and her father. And there's this really beautiful song, Ring of Keys, um, that is sung by Sidney Lucas. So it's so good, right? And it's just like, you know, it's about that moment in your life when you kind of find out a little bit about a little bit about who you are, about you know, as a gay man, seeing that song on stage, seeing it on the Tony Awards was such an important moment because it really is about that moment where you you get that inkling, you say, oh, I'm different. I am maybe not like everybody else. And that song resonated with so many people, which is really not surprising, but the amount of content that people created because it, it rung, woo, pun intended, so true with them, um, it was just really beautiful to see. And we were able to take that content and repurpose it into a music video um, where people were singing very different parts of it. And we compiled it all together and created this really wow. this really beautiful video that, uh, I, that got a lot of pickup on Twitter that people were really excited to see. People are excited to see themselves in the content that mm -hmm. we create. And so they were sharing it as well. And so we really, we got a, such a strong organic reach on something like that just because people were really passionate about it. I can't wait to cry to that later. <laughs> I loved everything Kyle was saying, and now I wanted to see if he could truly make his characters count. So I'm gonna ask some rapid fire questions and we will see if he can answer in 280 characters or less. What is your favorite emoji? Winky face with the tongue out. What's your favorite emoji professionally? The hundred with the two lines under it, I use all the time. If you could only have one tab of the emoji keyboard, which tab do you live on? Faces. What Broadway character would be the best on Twitter? Oh, Evita. What's your favorite musical? It's Wicked. No apologies there. What's the easiest musical to tweet about? I want to say Into the Woods. I feel like there are so many elements to it that people relate to and that you can pull from in order to explain something that's going on in your life. What is a piece of media that isn't a musical yet, but should be? Every Bravo Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> But isn't Countess and Friends kind of... While I respect the cabaret space, <laughs> I would like to see a full-on, beautifully produced uh -huh. musical that features every single real housewife. <laughs> I would love to see the wine budget for that production. Oh, it would be huge, right? But I think of all of the McMansions that they could just like use as sets and just the number of hair extensions that they'd have to buy for that show. Uh, it would be beautiful. And ballads, ballads for days, just, it would really truly be the best musical of all time. Describe theater Twitter in three words. Irreverent, passionate, sing-songy. Who is a must follow on Twitter? Laura Bonanti. 
What is Laura Benanti tweet about? Laura Benanti is just, one, she is one of the funniest actresses on Broadway. She's in My Fair Lady right now, and she's just amazing. But she is able to balance being really funny while also being an activist, while also like being a mom and showing just the real aspects of her life. She she does a great job. What is your meme of the moment? I would say it is the where is the body, if anybody is a RuPaul's Drag Race on this podcast, but the where is the body video from Akira Davenport. Uh, I think I love that meme so much because you can use it for obviously like body related things, but I saw somebody use it about coding recently and I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Describe the video. Uh, it's literally just her dancing as part of one of the sort of like towards the end of the season, her dancing and performing to a song that's in a music video. And she literally is surrounded by dancers and she just turns around, slaps her thigh and it says, where is the body? I saw people doing it for a, when you turn in an essay with only the intro paragraph and, and the conclusion to your English teacher. It's hilarious. She says, where is the body? You can do it with such it's For such the first hour things. of the movie Stand By Me, where is the body? <laughs> you can do it with such innocent, like yeah. everyday things. I love it so much. What's the most popular musical around Spotco's office? Bright Star. What is the weirdest, most specific hill that you will die on? From a Broadway standpoint, it's that the revival of On a Clear Day You Can See Forever with Tony Award winner Jesse Mueller and Harry Connick Jr. was actually very, very, very good. What's a piece of marketing jargon that you'll never use? Snackable content. Oh my gosh, what an awful, awful word. Snackable content. Somebody <laughs> created that. Somebody said that out loud once, and then we all agreed that it was something that could be said to other human beings. Can you believe that? What is the perfect video for a Broadway account to tweet? Music videos, anything that's short, fun, and shows what people what delivers on the emotional promise of the show. Are Playbill photos tacky? No, I love Playbill photos. You go to a Broadway show, you get a free Playbill. You better post that Playbill. You got to show people what you're doing at night or in the on a Wednesday matinee. Um, they're beautiful. They're fun. You know, I'm in a full-grown adult and I still keep every single Playbill that I get. How many do you have? I do not want to say that in front of an audience. It's, <laughs> it's definitely hundreds. What is your top Twitter tip? Brevity is the soul of wit and use a GIF. Everyone loves GIFs. What is your top life tip? Be kind to people. It's easy. It can come off as a little cheesy, but uh. I feel like it's a lot harder to be cruel and mean to people than it is to be kind. So be nice to one another. What is a life lesson that a show taught you? I think to cherish your friendships and the people that are that bring value to your life. So many musicals have sort of shown that. Wicked, Kinky Boots. A number of musicals are just about people who show up for you and really, really treasuring those people. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you so much, Joe. You know, anytime I can talk about Broadway and talk about the great work we're doing at Spotco, I will, I will do it. Character Count is a production of Pod People for At Twitter Business. 
This episode was hosted by me, at Joe Wadlington. Our executive producer is Rachel King. This episode was produced by Eliza Lambert and Christopher Mawson. It's edited by Joanna Clay and Christopher Mawson. Music by Annalise Nelson and Dax Schaefer. Thanks to Marissa Window and Lindsay Bruce and the entire Twitter customer success team. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. And rate us, ideally five stars, but I won't be pushy about it. This episode's topic is now live at Twitter Business. Go, tweet us your hot takes and follow us for incredible tips on Twitter ads, marketing, and best practices, or follow me, at Joe Wadlington, for tweets about men who don't text back. Have a great day.